How's it going, Gavin? It's going good, Louie. How are you? I'm good. I mean, like, I'm freshly um, not single anymore, so it's, like, really hard having all this attention all the time. <laughs> Snap out of it! <laughs> Sorry, was that too soon? It was. It really was. <laughs> um, also, can I say, how dare that movie? I was like, oh, who's going to be this hot love interest? And then turn around, and it's fucking revealed to be Nicolas Cage, and I was like, no! I... He's never been hotter. He really hasn't, but, like, <laughs> the baggage of me seeing... Like, I had never seen Moonstruck before, and then, like, all you see for a little bit is his arms. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be, like, some hot, like, Italian <laughs> dude. And then he turns around, and I'm like, it's fucking... <laughs> We're not here solely to talk about Moonstruck, but she fought for him to be that lead, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but lately, Fighting for Nicolas Cage. Wow. Fighting for Nicolas Cage. Uh, my new autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey, welcome to the Mixed Reviews. Hi, everyone. My name's Louie. I'm Gavin, and we're a film podcast. I don't know why I went in an announcer voice. And we're a film podcast. Tell them what they want, Gavin. Yeah, <laughs> and we talk about... <laughs> a podcast about movies and reviews. <laughs> and we take a subject, and we take two weeks, and we die Dissect it, and then we talk about it for your listening pleasure. Why are we holding our hands up to our ears? Here's Louie with the traffic. (laughs) This bit has gone on long enough. (laughs) Um, Welcome back, everybody. Yes. Um, It is like the middle of the summer. Yeah, it is warm. Mm -hmm. I should not be wearing two shirts, but I am. And my undershirt is inappropriate, so I'm not taking my top Inappropriate? It's just, it's a tank top, and I'm not a tank toppy person. Is it like a tank top and Mean Girls, but like with the boobies cut out? Oh, of course. I mean, that's the fashion. Yeah. It's called fashion. Exactly. Um, Before we get into this week's episode, looking back at last episode, we talked about Michael Douglas, um, the diva herself. Yes. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Privilege, Michael mm -hmm. Douglas. We asked you guys to vote uh, what your favorite role was. And Wall Street came in at 15%. Tying for second was The War of the Roses, which was my pick, and Fiddle Attraction. And 41%, Gavin's pick comes out on top, Wonder Boys. Wonder Boys! Which I hated. Because I have trash taste. No, no. I mean, well, we'll be honest. We sort of didn't, we didn't talk about the the difference, but I can, I can, it's a very insular story. I get it. Like, and it is, it is a little bit of white people. And I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, like, I get it. I just think it's a particularly really good performance. And I do really like that movie. And it like speaks to me in a certain level. (laughs) Oh, so you enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm white. Um, (laughs) I think like, I just have like this unnatural bias against Tobey Yeah. And everything he does. Yeah. I was really surprised uh, for that poll because it was up for, I think I put a four day limit on it and it was up for three of those four days before anybody had voted for Wall Street. And I wanted to be like, guys, I don't like Wall Street either, but he won an Academy Award. Right. right. <laughs> like, it was also really close. Like for a while, War of Roses and Wonder Boys was like was tied. tied. I think people were fucking with us. I think they just want to see us fight. How dare you, Gavin? Little do they know. We're sisters. <laughs> we are sisters. <laughs> we stick together. Um, we also had... Uh, Keith mentioned a chorus line, which we did not mention. We did not mention, and I really like a chorus line. So uh, he... Uh, Michael Douglas is almost not the attraction in chorus line. Like, he doesn't sing. But I but I do actually have a tendency to like chorus lines. So. Um, our good friend on Twitter, Melissa, also mentioned that she um, was... Uh, she really enjoyed Behind the Candelabra, an American president... Um, Jane says the Fincher classic, The Game. Did we mention The Game? Uh, we did briefly, just in the rewind, but... Um, I did not yeah. watch The Game. It's good. It's really good. It's not my favorite Michael Douglas performance. I mean, that, 
David Fincher doesn't really make movies about actors. David Fincher makes movies about showy movies and mm-hmm. and that's not a that's not a knock it is a read uh, but uh that's and, the truth and uh I, I like that movie a lot uh but yeah it's not i don't think it's i don't think it's like this is best performance. i the true crime is that neither of us talked about falling down which i think is a really great performance and is super problematic now but mm. that's that's neither here nor there and we're not here to talk about michael douglas anymore no. what we are here for is we had a very gay two oh, yeah. weeks yeah, we did. Um, we we watched um, a lot of movies by the actual diva. Yeah, share, share. Um, what did I was reading earlier? I was brushing up on her. Um, not that I don't know everything about her <laughs> as being a queer person. You get a manual when mm-hmm. you're three. Share like comes in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on a jasmine wind. That's, that's a, <laughs> on a jasmine wind. That's a band's visit throwback joke. <laughs> you're like, mama. When's the dark lady going to visit mm-hmm, me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says, we call them African-Americans. <laughs> uh, dark lady is a song and an album by Cher. How dare you? You know what's wild? While I was doing my research about Cher, I was like, she felt very ostracized as a youth because she was the only one who had like dark hair. Yeah. And like her grandmother is like kind of like Native American. Right. And like, and then she just ran with it. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's me. Yeah. The, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Wikipedia refers to her as the, it says, um, commonly referred to by the media as the goddess of pop. Yeah. I've literally never heard that. Never. Heard. I love Cher, but I've never heard that. So. Never heard that. Never felt that. <laughs> never seen that. I do. I think, I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's strange. I think she's a goddess. I just think she's like the timeless, um, classic, you know, American, like she's been with us. For 40, 50 years now, yeah. like in the yeah. mainstream of uh, culture, uh, doing all sorts of nonsense right. B- between like singing, acting and then her tabloid life, which is such a huge part of it. Also, the the, the mystery of like, you know, how she a looks, um, right. B, who she fucking right. see her kids um, and she has, like, this giant sphere of, like, people that she's influenced and who've influenced her. And, and just in general, when it comes to her, um, I mean, she she's very chameleon-esque. You know, yeah. it's reinvention after reinvention after reinvention. I'm old enough to remember when Cher was on her third face. So, like, <laughs> wow, yeah, wow. exactly. I feel so, bad, though, because, like, watch... I So, I will admit, I had not seen any Cher movies. That is insane. I that is insane. I know. Leave this apartment. It's your apartment, but leave it. I'm leaving. <laughs> Um, the only one I had seen was Burlesque for our um, Stanley Tucci podcast, yeah. which you turned off. I, I gotta admit, we're gonna talk about it later. I rewatched it. I did not hate it. I, so. I rewatched it and I was like, I gotta get through it. <sighs> I gotta get through this. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it was fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, so I watched all her movies and I was like, I'm such an idiot because it sucks that people do not recognize her like as an actress. Right. Um, as I mean, or maybe that's just me and my stupidity, but like, She's fucking good. Yeah, she is really good. She's not like um, other um, performers who try and dabble and like have like okay success or like she only wins because she share. Like that's the furthest thing from the truth. So let's move in to our rewind. I have the pleasure of uh, 
going deep on uh, Miss Sherilyn Sarkeesian. She was born May 20th, 1946. She gained popularity in 1965 um, when she was one half of the folk duo Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Um, she grew up in California. Her father, like, literally, as soon as she was born, took off. Yeah. Um, and she, her mom, uh, Georgia... I think was that her name? Yeah, her mom, Georgia Holt. Um, and she was like kind of a wannabe actress model. And she was just doing waitressing stuff around L.A. Trying to make, um, you know, to survive and to make a career for herself. Her mom at one point dropped her off at a like... Orphanage. An orphanage. And did not come... Could not take care of her. So she like would come back when she had finally had money to take her right. out and like... So essentially was using an orphanage as like daycare. Yeah. But like an extended and, daycare. And like that was a, it's a moment Cher talks about as being really traumatic for her. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. At like 16, Cher took off on her own and Sonny was her neighbor. Right. And that's how they met. Sonny was like 27. Yeah. He's a lot older. A lot older. And she lied to him about her age. The weird, interesting, odd, like everything about Sonny and Cher is so odd to me. Yeah. But you get the impression when she talks about him, when she did interviews with him, when you see them together, that she is drawn to him. You know, I think Sonny and I have, we were talking about this on the telephone, we have a very strange relationship that no one will ever understand except us and, and I don't think I even understand it a lot I don't either yeah. and he was everything she was he was re- this short Republican like uh-huh. who and was it, not cool and, and a hustler though he yeah. was like the epitome of someone who was like wheeling and dealing scheming to like you know get anyone right. he could like to make um, his career happen and people think that he was like the um, I think there's a thought process out there that he, because he, you know, she's clearly the star of the group when they're together, that he was using her for fame. He didn't want to perform. Yeah. She asked him yeah. to perform with her because she was so nervous to be on stage. Right. And so if you look at those old performances of them on stage from the earliest ones, she just stares at him. That's why she's always time. looking at him. Yeah. yeah. She she mentions a lot or she said a lot, you know, she wanted him to write music for the both of them because... He, even though he saw a star within her and wanted to make it happen for her, she was like, I don't think so, honey. I need you on stage to, like, right. chill, chill me out. But, uh, sorry, to go back to how they met. Yeah, so at 16, she dropped out of school, left her mom's house. Um, she took acting classes and worked to support herself. She was dancing in small clubs along Hollywood Sunset Strip. Um, so she met um, Sonny in 1962 when he was working for um, actual monster Phil Spector. Yeah. Uh, um, who also like was like very famous at music man. Oh yeah, I mean super super talented. And I'll I'll be honest, like Phil Spector is somebody. In order for me to still enjoy music, I have to separate the art from the artist because I mean that is like yeah yeah because like uh, be my baby is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, the so, Ronettes and like yeah, yeah. Um, Cher actually did background vocals for the Duda Run Run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a lot of and I think she is on Be My Baby as well. And uh, you've lost that love and feeling. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so Cher. <laughs> was Sonny's housekeeper. Yes. Because... Quote-unquote housekeeper. Right, because um, where she was living, her friend moved out, so she couldn't afford rent. Can I tell him about when we first met? Yeah, go ahead. When Sonny and I first met... You have I, to clear this with Sonny? Well, because it's a... Well, no, I mean, I just... You know, we've never actually it's like, who's, who gets told. to tell the story? Right, oh, he'll, he'll jump in, but okay. you know how women are. I mean, I let him tell it, and I jump in, but I just be in all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I was 16 years old, and I was at a radio station, and Sonny walked in, 
And people had been talking about Sonny before he walked in. And he walked in, and I swear to God, this has only happened twice, and they were both Italians. Uh, he walked in, and everybody kind of faded around, like in a, a movie. And I looked at him, and I thought, that's the strangest man I've ever seen in my life. He had long hair mm -hmm. and beetle boots on. I mean, I, there, I never heard of the Beatles. And we, we, I started living with him. But we were, he said, you could stay at my house if you do not a cook or clean. And I said, well, I can't cook, but I could clean. She couldn't clean. And we had, we had, <laughs> well, right. she was 16. And, but I told him I was 19, and then uh -huh. he found out that she I told wasn't. told me she was 19. And I said, all right, I'm not 19, but I'm 17, and she, next week is my birthday. Right. She, she just, and she, I, and I was going to be 18, but I turned 17. She could lie. Sonny and Cher obviously became really close, lovers. So he didn't, he held my hand three months after I knew him. We were in a movie, and in the middle of this movie, he held my hand. And I thought, well, hmm, what does this mean? But whatever it was, I liked him, and I liked it, and it was, and it was really terrific. And then we kind of, then this kind of strange relationship started to develop. But I never met a man like Sonny. I never will meet a man like Sonny. I mean, he's really unique unto himself. And they got married in Mexico on October 27, 1964. Um, like Gavin mentioned, Sonny wanted to launch Cher as a solo artist, but uh, because of her stage fright, she said, I don't think so. Um, and they, in 1964, they emerged as a duo called Caesar and Cleo. Yeah. And they flopped hard. Yeah. They really didn't become super famous until 1965. And they recorded I Got You, Babe, when they were traveling in England. Um, and when they got back to the, the U.S., they were wearing full, like, hippie, yeah. you know, bell bottoms, crazy um, fashion. Um, and the song blew up and... It, they were they were everywhere. They were the like counterculture success, fashion icons, everything. They record a bunch of music, and most people don't realize this. Um, simultaneously, she was still recording her own music, right? And probably one of her biggest hits. Most people associated with Nancy Sinatra, "Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down," yep. is a song written by Sonny Bono for Cher um, that comes out at the same time that they're yep. doing Sonny and Cher. I was five and he was. Yeah, that was in 1966. And so, like, the 60s, I mean, it, and it's so weird to think of her career and, like, these 10-year, like, increments because, right. like, it truly is, like, the pendulum just swings wildly to one way that's, like, yeah. top of the moon and then, like, the other way and it's, like, they can't fucking, like, find a hit to save their life. By the end of the se end of the 60s, though, um, you know, with the Vietnam War really right. ramping up and they, like, because Sonny is such a conservative... Right, and that's what's interesting is most people don't realize this. They become sort of the face of the uncool. They're a monogamous couple during the sexual revolution. Yep. They are very anti-drug. Cher to this day is very anti-drug. Mm -hmm. um, and that is just not the late 60s right. at all. And so by 67, 68, they're losing... Like, all of the youth yeah. are, are just like, losers, bye! Um, and they... Basically, you know, they have to go on tour um, working, like, hotels and, like, clubs on the road to yeah. pay bills because Sonny had so much outstanding debt 
from recording and traveling and all that. Uh, and Sonny also makes a big play very early on when during their unpopularity. Um, he gets them their first movie deal. Yeah. And they make a movie together called Good Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Good Times. Oh, how it's was that? Not good. Right. Um, it's like uh, certain members of our audience will get this. Others will not. It's like the monkeys movie Head if it had no ideas. This movie and then also Chastity where it is like such um right. and well chastity they then mortgaged their fucking house right. to tra- because and chastity was the reverse of that which was like instead of doing this big hollywood film starring them it was going to be a small indie film starring share uh written by sunny and it like but it's i also saw it and it's a pretty disastrous you're thinking aren't you people always think i even think Once I tried not to, but I couldn't help it. The thoughts kept popping in my head. Sometimes I don't like to think, though. Do you? Do I what? Not like to think. Well, that depends on what I'm thinking about. Right now, I'm thinking about you. I like that. Both of these movies put them, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Um, And so they would go on on these tours and when they were on tour is actually when the Sonny and Cher routine that you see from the their TV show kind of comes to life. I mean, Cher is fucking miserable. And so right. she just starts making fun of Sonny. The head of CBS programming, Fred Silverman, um, caught the act and then offered them their own show. Um, and the Sonny and Cher comedy hour premiered as a summer replacement series on August 1st, 1971. Um, it only had six episodes, and it was a huge rating success. And so it came back in December with a full, um, you know, order of of, of episodes. Um, it was watched by more than thirty million people, which so is crazy. insane. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I married the whole thing. <laughs> you gonna start? You gonna start now? Sure, don't start. She, you know what? You're just you're a little jealous because of. Yeah. I got the folks, I got, we went out on the road and I got these sensational reviews on the road. I mean, uh, uh, Sonny Bono was fantastic in Vegas, super in New York, and, and, and dynamic in Los Angeles, and, and boring at home. You also have to prioritize that there's like three channel three back right. then, and you know. Right. But... But also, still insane. But I mean, and this is also like the seeds of Cher's career. Uh, I mean, she's doing sketches right. and being funny. And she's also, and people are also watching to see what the fuck Cher's going to wear. Yes. She's wearing Bob Mackie's like and, and immaculate, the, gorgeous. And just, this really starts the, the you know, collaboration between her and Bob Mackie. She yeah. becomes Bob Mackie's muse. Mm-hmm. And he just makes the most scandalous, ridiculous things. She becomes the first woman ever on television to show her navel is that real that's real are you that sure is a real fact i feel like i saw something and she was like she was like i don't know if that's like real but she like, may not know but history knows okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna stake my credibility on it america yeah facts are facts come come for gavin okay guys do some fact checking because i'm not <laughs> uh just take me at my fucking word guys <laughs> well i mean it was more the other parts of me that were showing that people were more interested in so if you if you showed the slightest sliver of something on the side, people lost their minds. Or if you went down too low or whatever. But because I was married, because Sonny and I were married, I got away with a lot. And also, you know, Bob was making the costumes and they were beautiful. 
So they were, they were, you know, of course some went too far, but all the people that worked for him said, you know, she's your Barbie doll, and, and I was. When I designed our clothes, we had a different look completely. But then the first time I worked with Bob, I just thought, he's so, he's like the Pied Piper. I was just there, you know? I was like, okay, I'll follow you anywhere. I, I never said, oh, I can't wear that. He is the share connoisseur. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're right, you're right. Um, I, I'm here in the If I Could Turn Back Time outfit. Louis asked me to put something <laughs> right, on. Right, right. I'm literally dressed like this. Put your titties away. <laughs> um, and so as the show is becoming super successful, the marriage is falling apart. Uh, classic story. Classic Hollywood story. That's what when we plan to divorce right. once this show yeah. really takes off. Yeah. So thank you, 10 of <laughs> listeners. Thank you, all you guys. <laughs> um, Cher is, uh, has her a really successful run um, with Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. She's having her own success. Um, their marriage is falling apart. The show is canceled. Um, and again, they kind of have like another like swing back the other way. Before this, she um, and Sonny have their first child, Chastity. Yes. Um, who now goes by Chaz. Um, Which I had to sort through so many interviews of people being like really disrespectful and misgendering him. And you will hear clips, obviously, of Cher referring to him as her. Right. Um, two things about that. Obviously, her chair's career has is very long right and she's known her child for a very long time her so, entire life in fact yeah yeah so um you'll get stuff from before then but also as Cher put it in one of the interviews with david Lennerman that i saw during the years we had talked about it and um and i don't really know what made her kind of change her mind well i still haven't got the pronouns right but she says that's not so important mm -hmm. but uh, Change, she had changed her mind, he had changed his mind. And then it and then it didn't make very much difference, but it kept kind of nagging and nagging. And mm -hmm. then he said to me one day, um, I think I really have to do this. It's like I was trying to explain to someone the other day, you know, I really like being a woman. I feel so comfortable in my body. And if I woke up and I, and I was in a man's body, I would think, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. You know, and, and that's the way Chas felt, you know, it's like it, it was never comfortable. So in 74, Sonny and Cher filed for divorce. Um, and that in 75 or in 74 also is the year Cher wins her first Golden Globe. Um, and that's for working on Sonny and Cher at Comedy Hour. Um, Sonny tries to make his own show <laughs> on ABC called the Sonny Comedy Review. Yes. And it was a flop. <laughs> the other gross thing about Sonny's show is he basically takes the entire crew and writing staff from the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour for his show. And, and still flop. Yeah. Um, so she premieres Cher, um, and th the premiere episode she has flip wilson elton john and bet midler on yeah and honestly it was super lit <laughs> yeah uh the los angeles times exclaimed sunny without share was a disaster share without sunny on the other hand could be the best thing that's happened to weekly television this season mm, iconic um so literally four days after she's divorced sunny share marries greg altman yeah the of, the brothers. of the altman brothers um 
she filed for divorce nine days after that because of his heroin and liquor addiction. So they get divorced, but she does have a son with him. Cher has two kids, one with Sonny and one with um, Mr. Allman. So fast forward through all this like music stuff. She goes into disco. She's doing rock stuff. Um, and it isn't until the magical years of the 80s that where we finally, finally, finally get to see Cher like breakthrough. In the 80s, she decides to move to New York. Um, because she thinks she'll be more successful there and trying to make an acting uh, career happen because everyone in Hollywood and L.A. is telling her, no, 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 no. She she has such like a, uh, the baggage of share is too much. Um, and so she, uh, in 82, she signs up to take acting lessons with Lee Strasberg, founder of the acting studio. Um, and we've mentioned Lee Strasberg uh, a couple times before, but uh, most recently during our Jane Fonda episode, mm-hmm. cause Lee Strasberg was Jane Fonda's mentor. And she enrolls, um, but she never goes. <laughs> That's my favorite bit of that story. Yeah. And she's like, nope, never mind. Um, and the true breakthrough for her is when she meets Robert Altman. Yeah. Um, and what's funny about this is she has said that she would not have a career without him. Um, but also she would not have like met him if not for her mom. Her mom apparently called, was trying to call Cher in New York, ends up calling Robert Altman because... Uh, Cher's mom was friends with Robert Alton's wife. That's amazing. And literally, um, as Cher tells it, she calls and is like, Cher? And Robert's like, what? Hello? <laughs> and she's like, I'm looking for Cher. And he's like, no. like, And they just like get to talking as moms are wanting to do. And it's like, basically, my baby's in New York trying to be an actress. And he's looking to um, cast for this Broadway stage production called Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. And not to get too much into Robert Altman, he is one of my favorite filmmakers, but he had basically left Hollywood in exile at that time because his films kept failing, including Popeye, which was a huge disaster at the time. Um, And moving to Broadway was his way of being like, fuck you to the system. I mean, and Cher felt the same way. Yeah. You know? Um, And so... Because of her mom, she gets an audition. That's amazing. Robert Alvin basically like calls her up, come in to audition. She auditions and she gets a role. Um, and she plays a member of um, a James Dean fan club holding a reunion. Um, and she so she does it on stage. And then he decides to shoot it as a movie. Um, and she, he basically brings that on the entire cast. And, Which includes uh, Karen Black and a young yeah. Kathy Bates. Yeah. And, like, it's a great cast. It's a great cast, a great movie. It's really um, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so she says, quote, without Bob, Robert Allman, I would never have had a film career. Everyone told me not to cast me. I'm convinced that Bob was the only one who was brave enough to do it. And so, and literally, this is it's just like this trickle thing, you know. Uh, Mike Nichols saw her on stage in Jimmy Dean and offered her a part in the um, 1983, like, Meryl Streep, Silkwood, Silkwood, which yeah. is like, hello, yeah. national splatter. Like, um, and so she plays a lesbian in that movie. That movie I thought was great. Yeah. Um, and she tells a really great story. I mean, again, it's, it's wild though. It's fucking Cher. Yeah. She was so insecure and she's like, how the fuck? Like my first big movie is to be with Meryl Streep. Like what? Are you right. kidding me? In doing Silkwood, you know, I, I felt a real responsibility to be good and to be i was terrified thinking how am i going to be good next to meryl streep i mean you know you could start out smaller you know suzanne summers and then work your way up (laughs) (laughs) but uh i was very nervous 
And and then I thought... That would have been a long way up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well both just jump in together. All right, let's just jump on her to death, okay? <laughs> what does she care? No, well, you know what? It's really strange. I, I don't mean that with any kind of... Um, with real, real animosity, because I was... Two years ago, Suzanne Summers, our Pia's adora. I mean, as long as you're down. No, 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 no. I mean, listen for a second. When you're down and people kind of take these cheap shots at you, you know, the thing that you have to do is just say, okay, fine. And then you work your way out. Yeah, she recalls a film preview when the audience laughed when they saw her name. And it's, and it's that same thing that I... I mean, not to make comparisons at all, but like when you watch, when I watch the trailer for A Star is Born, yeah. and it says Lady Gaga on there. I have not been in a theater once where I've seen that trailer where that's not happened right. when Lady Gaga's name comes up. Right. And I'm not saying Lady, I'm not like disparaging her nor praising her, but it's just, that seems to be the reaction that people have. It's the baggage yeah. of like having your like star name. Right. So she gets really good reviews for Silkwood and she wins a Golden Globe. Uh, for Best Supporting Actress. She was also nominated for an Academy Award. She did not win. Um, in 85, um, that's when her next one comes out, Mask, which... Uh, <laughs> mask? Mask. Um, not to be not a mask. Not to be confused with The Mask. Yeah. Um, and Mask was her first really commercially successful yeah. uh, movie. Um, she plays a mom to a Here. kid who has yeah it's a it's a it's a facial deformity um, right she wins the Cannes film festival war for best actress um but she has been very public in saying that she fucking hated making this movie because she hated working with peter Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. yeah and he also has clapped back so hard oh yeah he has said that she uh couldn't remember her lines and his big thing has always been long takes and she made it incredibly difficult so instead he just decided to do close-ups because right. of her tired sad eyes right yeah and, he's, <laughs> and he said that she couldn't perform with her whole body it was right. only in her face in 87 is like truly the fucking year yeah share well i feel like she was really upset that she didn't get nominated mm. right so she um, can she can nominate she want like i mean i guess she she has had this like little taste you know she got right. nominated for silkwood she won the Cannes Award for in Mask and then doesn't get an Academy nomination for Mask. And that's the year she shows up in the huge, like, super controversial, like, the big headpiece and, like, right. super revealing thing. And 87, though, she didn't put out one movie. She didn't put out two movies. She put out three fucking movies. Yeah. Um, so the first one she puts out is Suspect, where she stars across Dennis Quaid, who has never looked more snackish. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. I was like, yes. Sir. Um, she then comes out with The Witches of Eastwick right. with Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Susan Sarandon. And it's Jack Nicholson. So good. It is really good. Um, and then at the very end of the year, she comes out with Moonstruck. Oh, just like bask in the glory yeah. and the light. Moonstruck, uh, which is impeccably cast by everyone. How it, dare you say anything bad about Nicholas Cage? Okay, I'm not saying he's bad in it. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it's such a shock when I'm like, Oh, yowza. Who's this hunk? And it's like, ah! <laughs> Putting the lotion away! Um, like, how um, far they have fallen, you know? We need to do an episode about him, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We really People do. People have asked for it. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be so much. <laughs> um, Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, 
Uh, Moonstruck offers further proof that Cher has evolved into the kind of larger than life movie star who does who's worth watching whatever she does. Right. And God, she's so fucking right. She wins the Academy Award for Best Actress. She wins the Golden Globe for the Best Actress. And that year, not only does she win, she wins over Meryl Streep. She wins over Holly Hunter. She wins over Glenn Close. Um, and then I can't remember the last person, and it's really sucky because if you watch the video, that person, I don't know who it is, um, she has the worst reaction. She rolls her eyes before breaking out into a smile. Meanwhile, Meryl Streep literally Meryl Streep jumps from her seat and she's screaming so loud. Now I want to really, I want to really say something. <laughs> uh, when I was little, my mother said, "I want you to be something," and uh, and I guess this represents twenty three or twenty four years of my work. And I've never won anything before from my peers. Um, I'm really, really happy. And I also would like to thank Mary Louise Streep, who I feel so unbelievable that I did my first movie with her and now I was nominated with her and I feel really thankful. Moonstruck is amazing, yeah. but it almost feels like they gave her this word. Like, she had such an incredible year of movies. Right. Um, all three of those movies. Girl put in the hours. Yeah, she really, really <laughs> did. Um, so, by 1988, Cher had become one of the most bankable actresses of the decade, um, commanding a million dollars per film. Um, so, what does Cher do? Cher, what does she could do next? Um, is the next thing she does... She she doesn't make a movie for another fucking three years. Yeah. Isn't this the time when she's doing, like, um, her, like, commercials? Yes. She starts doing commercials. Some people worry about getting muscles. I worry about getting fat. I work out hard, and I get results. All you need is Chicago Health Club. Now, this is around the time where she realized her family life was starting to, like, fall apart as far as her kids... Um, and so she said she took, like, a very removed um, role from, like, touring as much. And she just wanted to be around her kids more. But she was burning through money. And so right. she started doing these commercials and, like, mail order, like, things. Um, also, like, side note, Cher is prolific in um, real estate. Yeah. She owns and, like, she flips essentially mansions, like, around the world. And it isn't until 1990 she comes out with her um, next movie, Mermaids. Um, where she essentially says she plays her mom. Um, and it's about a single woman who uh, moves her two daughters around uh, trying to just, like, make life happen. Her two daughters are played by Winona Ryder and a very young Christina Ricci. Yeah. So cute. Impeccable casting. Cher apparently also fought for Winona Ryder to be um, in this movie after seeing her and Heather's. Um, again, though, she clashes with the directors. She clashes with two directors. She gets them both fired. Yep. Oh, this would have been Lassie Hellstrom's first movie, first American movie. Um, this would have been uh, just another notch in the post for Frank Oz. Neither of them made this film. Nope. That was Richard Richard Benjamin. Yeah. Um, believing Cher would be the star attraction, the producers allowed her creative control for the entire film. Yeah. So, um, the, sorry, Lassie and Frank. <laughs> right. The movie was a moderate box office success and got mixed reviews. What? <laughs> mixed reviews? Yeah. Uh, after that, she becomes... So there's a lot of interviews where they say Cher became so picky and overly cautious about yeah. what movies she took. She turned down the roles. Well, and get, getting into that, Cher is the only person I know who has on her Wikipedia page movies <laughs> that she's 
passed on or lost roles to. Yeah. And it's kind of astounding, yeah. the amount of movies. Sorry, which one were you going to say? Well, say so she passed on um, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. She passed on The War of the Roses. War of the Roses, yep. Um, and she said, I mean, and again, also, I think she multiple times she's passed on films that like, uh, Fatal Beauty, which we talked about during our Whoopi Goldberg episode, mm-hmm. the role went to Whoopi Goldberg's Adam's family. She was possibly up for Morticia, uh, the witches. She was also up for the same role that Angelica Houston went for, uh, she, Meryl Streep's role in She Devil. Like these yeah. are all things. Uh, she was even considered, uh, for Working Girl and Melly Griffith got the part. Yeah, she and and again, this is also I think she. I mean, coming off the end of the eighties, I think she was just like such a fucking star. Yeah, and um, I want to say like coming into the nineties is when Chaz um came out um first as gay, um and and she shared had a very difficult time, and she has um talked extensively about this. Um, I, I still feel like there's a contingent of people who've not fully forgiven her for that. And I think that's not really fair because it feels more like, at least from the interviews and things that I've seen, that the thing that Cher was mostly concerned about is she has lived her life entirely in the tabloids. Right. And she didn't want to see her children targeted in that way. So she thought the more, quote unquote, normal that they were the better off it would be for them. Right. And she's also said that she was just so despondent realizing that everyone knew yeah, about Chaz before she did. And she was embarrassed. And she also has said she's like so very selfishly, I'm not proud of it, but I thought, what does that mean for Cher? Like the, right. the icon Cher, what does that mean about my career and stuff? And so, I mean, they, they have a wonderful relationship now. Yeah. Um, and I almost, I mean, sometimes, you know, parents aren't just, like, not right. there for you at the beginning. And they have a very normal and natural, like, growing to, like, acceptance and love. It's okay that, like, you're not perfect and immediately, like, accepting and, like, right. you know, it's okay to have, like, discomfort and figuring out how to feel um, and be okay. Like, that's normal. Like, yeah. you can't ex- expect everyone just to, like automatically understand that there's so much cultural stuff right. that's going on. So um, beyond that, so she's not making a lot of movies. She makes a cameo in some Robert Altman films. In 92, she's in The Player. In 94, she's in Preta Porter. In 1996, she makes her directorial debut in... Um, if These Walls Could Talk. Yeah, she does a portion of that. Yeah, she does the third segment. I remember, like watching that movie when it aired because my mom was super excited because my mom's the world's biggest share fan sorry everyone else um and uh and uh yeah and for the longest time it it was one of the highest watched things on and i will say for first time directing it's good there's a couple weird things in her segment like a couple weird camera moves and like you know she's trying to be a little arty uh but like it's good and her part is good and shocking yeah uh, that movie is Man, the, and, and that was truly when, like, right. I mean, abortion is still such a hot topic, but, like, I think it, at that time in the late 90s, it was, like, when places were being bombed and, yeah. like, actual, like, you know, stuff like that. With all that you have to deal with, why do you, why do you still do this? Because I remember what it was like when it was illegal for women to make this decision. I don't ever want to see those days come again. And also when a woman comes to me and says that she doesn't know what she would have done without my help, I know I'm doing the right job. It seems 
still like a really important film and yeah. it's good and it's worth watching if you if you've never seen it that movie was a uh, demi moore's uh baby for a really long time she tried to get it made really everywhere and couldn't get it done and share attached herself to it and it made it a lot easier for hbo to um, sell it yeah to, to be like we'll make this so wow um, so in 1998, um, Sonny Bono dies. Yeah. And Cher is just, like, devastated. Yeah, she delivers um, an amazing <laughs> eulogy. Yep. And just makes you really, like, feel for her as a person and yeah. not so much the icon. Some people were under the misconception that Son was a short man. But he was heads and tails taller than anyone else. He could see above the tallest people. He had a vision of the future and just how he was going to build it. And his enthusiasm was so great that he just swept everybody along with him. Not that we know where he was going, but we just wanted to be there. They had a very fucked up relationship. and But I think in the end, you know, she loved him yeah. dearly, um, even though he, like, became a Republican congressman. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Um <laughs> In 1998, she also um, comes out with Believe, yeah. her, her 22nd studio album, and she gets her first number one hit in um, Believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and literally, there's a great interview where um, the producer is like, you know, your gays have been with you for so long. We need to make music for your gays. <laughs> and she's like, fine. And it was a huge success. And she, then she goes on. She's touring forever. She's been on farewell tours for the rest, like, forever. Um she again doesn't like really pop up into movies. She was on in Stuck on You playing like a very like heightened version of her. It was funny uh, when she was cast in the role. The role was not written; to, it was just written as actress. Mm. And and the Fairley brothers realized very soon on they're like she should just be Cher. She should be Cher being Cher. And it's kind of really funny. The movie yeah. is like very whatever. I sh- I'd never seen it for years because I Fairley brothers and I are kind of. Nemesis. Yeah, it's good. I actually thought I had a really good time. She has th- maybe my favorite line delivery. If we were to bring back just for a moment our segment, she said, What? Uh huh. Well, come on, Walt. I could have been a little bit nicer to you guys. No, no, no. You, you were a total sweetheart from the get go. No, I wasn't. I was a total bitch with a capital C. What are you talking about? Only fucking Cher could deliver that <laughs> exactly. line. Exactly. Um, and it, it isn't until 2000, is it 2006? When she comes out with um, Burlesque, is yeah, that right. Um, burlesque, the Christina Aguilera vehicle, for some reason, um, happens. Yeah, um, Cher does have an iconic, like, original song in that movie. You, you haven't, haven't seen, seen the last, last of me. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, amazing. Um, I finally did watch all of that for this episode. Have you read what Cher has said about it and then got in trouble for it and had to apologize? No, what she, she said. A year after the movie came out, she was like, yeah, that movie's not very good. <laughs> so, I mean, thanks. she's she's wrong, but... <laughs> Gavin, don't. Gavin, don't, Gavin. <laughs> I was a little shocked. Christina Aguilera is not anywhere near as bad as I remember her being. No, she's worse. She's <laughs> so bad. I, I, I mean, she's a wonderful singer, but... God doesn't give with both hands. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, basically, it, and, and here we are now in 2018 when Cher... God it, doesn't give with both hands. I'm sorry. Uh, compose yourself. That's, I mean, yeah. Be, be Cher. Anyways, sorry. Um, it isn't until uh, 2018 when she is now in Mamma Mia 2. Here we yeah. go again. Uh, my favorite, she was interviewed about it recently and she was like... I didn't even look at the script. The reason I did Mamma Mia 2 is because 
my agent, my old agent, and my dear, dear friend, Ronnie Meyer, who's the head of all of Universal, he's called me up and said, Sherry, you're doing Mamma Mia, and hung up. <laughs> that was it? Yeah, and I wouldn't take it from anybody in the world except him. So I said, no, okay, fine. The only two things that you didn't mention that I just wanted to put in real quick, um, during the 70s, after her shows, uh, she did do a bunch of specials. And I don't know if you got if you've looked up any of them. No. But there's an amazing like 16 minute long. She does almost all the songs from West Side Story. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the yeah, characters. Yeah, I've seen that. I have seen that, and it's iconic. It's iconic. We're drawing a line. So keep your noses hidden. We're hanging a sign that says it out for bedding, and we ain't kidding. And the other thing is, um, and uh, not talked about very much, um, in the, in the 90s, she was diagnosed with both Epstein-Barr and chronic fatigue syndrome. Yep. And people don't talk about that that much, but like, yep. th those, those can be devastating when you have an entertainment career. Right, yeah. Um, I also want to mention her philanthropy because she has given a lot. She's also very politically active. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. her on Twitter. Um, she fucking, like, th twice, most people don't even, most real people don't do this, has called into C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah, she called. To, like, to talk to them. She, like, was on um, Watch What Happens Live, and she was saying, you know, I tried to, like, not say my name, and they're like, ma'am, is this Cher? <laughs> Like, because she... Yeah, like, she the host, like, clearly figures it out. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Like. Um, so Cher um, founded the Cher Charitable Foundation. She supports international projects such as the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, Operation Helmet, and the Children's Craniofacial Association, which is yes. off of um, Mask. Mask. And she's also, you know, she's given so much money to um, AIDS and HIV um, uh, organizations um, in 1996, she hosted the American Foundation for AIDS Research Benefit alongside Elizabeth Taylor at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, in 2015, she received the Amphar Award for Inspiration um, for, quote, her willingness and ability to use her fame for the greater good and for being one of the greatest champions in a fight against AIDS. Um, you know, so she, so HIV AIDS, um, returning soldiers from, you know, the wars. And one of the things, she's a, she's a very, she's not a registered Democrat, but she has uh fundraised for a lot of democrats she's very anti george w bush clearly very anti trump yep she's also been involved with habitat for humanity um she's the primary supporter of the peace village school in uganda kenya which provides nutritious food medical care education and extracurricular activities for more than 300 orphans and vulnerable children um that which is i mean it, it's it's amazing and you don't see her like bragging about no, it no i mean that she much. gives it's to not like you know she gives to malaria no more in 2016 after the discovery of lead contamination in Flint, um, Cher donated more than 180,000 bottles of water to the city as part of a partnership with Icelandic Glacial. Um, you know, it's this, like, she, um, with Chaz and their relationship and um, the transformation of, you know, that relationship and her acceptance and um, coming to love her son. Yeah. Um, she has partnered with PFLAG a lot of times and, and spoken at the conventions. I was going to say, she was one of the keynote speakers, I believe, at one point. Yeah, and she received the GLAAD Vanguard Award in 1998. Um, 20 years later! I what? know, I, it's truly fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, she's just so outspoken, a true yeah. ally. 
And and I know we need to get out of our rewind and into our picks, but Cher has had a, a very long career and there's a, a, a ton to talk about. But one of the things I think is most interesting, and I mentioned this a little earlier, she's lived her entire life in the tabloids. And if you look up interviews with her, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, you can't watch one interview without somebody mentioning her tattoos, which, by the way, I've heard she's actually been in the process of having them removed since the early 2000s. And she said in that interview, like, when I got my tattoos, it was edgy, and now everyone has them, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, But, like, literally everything she's ever done has been scrutinized from who she's dating and she's been attached to a lot of people like yeah. Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, like she she's dated them all. But like, it's, it's interesting that like sh- she has this very, I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah. And I think part of it was cultivated because no one would leave her the fuck alone. Right. I, I think she's because, I mean, it's incredible. Like the scrutiny that she's had because of her body and the way yeah. she looks and, the whole, like, you know, in the end days of the cockroaches and share. She's been frank about, you know, she said, um, I think she's talking to Oprah. She's like, listen, I had my teeth straightened. Right. And she also had braces. She had a nose job and she's had her boobs done. Um, has she had more? I don't know. Well, probably. She actually, in one of the Oprah interviews, Oprah asked if she had a facelift. And she's like, of oh. course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I wanted to have my face put on my back, it's my face, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's <laughs> like it's nobody's business what I do with my with myself. She's very much like, if you're not hurting anybody and you're doing your own thing, right. like, it's your body, you can do whatever you want with it. One of my favorite, uh, in a more modern interview, she was on Graham Norton, and Graham Norton asked her, like, sort of, which share was with them tonight. How do you decide, you know, because there's biker share, there's blonde share, no, there's, there's not, angelic there's share. there's just me, there's just me. It's just, they're just me, and different rappers, it's only me, always me, <laughs> just, just plain old me. And I think that's a, a very true thing. I think she is always share we contain multitudes exactly exactly i'm sorry but share has a lot of them (laughs) uh so i think that's a good place to move in uh let's get it out of the way let's pull the band-aid off let's move into our one-star reviews okay i'm just gonna get it get it out of the way louis it has to be burlesque It has Does to be. Does it have to be? It has to be. Burlesque is about Christina Aguilera, who is leaving the Midwest or something. Yeah. And to go... She's to, leaving a bar set. Right. <laughs> truly. Um, she it's, takes some cash outside of a, a yeah. drawer. It's and, the beginning of the movie Crossroads. Got it. It really is. <laughs> she finds herself on, like, the streets of L.A., and she sees the bar, and she, like, sees Julianne Huff and... Um, uh, Veronica, how's it say? Veronica, Veronica Mars. Mars. Veronica Mars is there. Correct. Doing her She's show. undercover. Yeah. That's why she seems like such a bitch in the movie. I know. She's like yeah. undercover. Um, Kristen Bell. And and she's like, oh my God, I can be a star. What is this place? What's happening? Right. And um, yeah, and she just wants to join. And Cher is the owner of this club. Right. And the club is having some financial difficulties because she's mortgaged it a couple times. Right. And, and Stanley Tucci's her right ma- right hand man, and they should have been together, but, but he's, he's gay. gay. Uh oh. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Eric Dane is that his name? Yeah, I think Eric Dane. Remember when we were trying to make him a star? Him and Cam Cam Gedgnet. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. They, uh, but he he wants to buy the club and and put a high rise there. And, yeah, yeah. And, and that's literally all you have to know. And then it's also a musical. And also it's also a musical. And like I will say, Christina is um, really good at the singing parts of this movie. <laughs> and if they want me to believe that, like 
oh my god, we have so much financial troubles at this club. But like literally every musical number is like her on a chandelier, I spilling know. champagne everywhere, and like there's like trap doors behind the bar, and like all the like uh like instead a normal club would have like one maybe two like waiters. Yeah. This one has like six, and they're all dancers, which is funny because they only have it. At, like they're still having financial troubles. They only have that many after Christina Aguilera becomes popular. Because right. before then, she has to get her way into the club by pretending to be a waitress. Is it you? Correct. Because they lose their only waitress. I mean, the, the movie. I don't. So the movie is bad. Cher is basically being Cher. Yeah. You yeah. know, she's not really like giving you layers of anything. It's she's very much just like this is my club. I'm not selling it. <laughs> And very much like... Yeah, the emotional scenes are a little hollow. I'll give you that. When, like, Christina Aguilera doesn't know how to put on makeup or some shit. Yeah. And Cher's like, come here. Let me help you. First of all, you gotta wet it if you're gonna get a clean line. Close your eyes. When you are putting on your makeup, it's like you're an artist. But instead of painting on a canvas, you're painting your face. <laughs> Didn't you ever watch your mom put on her makeup? My mom died when I was seven, and it's my first lesson. Unfortunately, Cher and Christina just do not have any type of connection. Like in the way in Mermaids, you see Cher and Winona. Right. I believe that. Like it's yeah. and it's, an, it's they have a good spark in chemistry. And uh, the real fatal flaw of burlesque is Cher doesn't slap someone across the face. Truly, the best part is when she's like, um, when Christina's like, please just give me a chance, and Cher's like, are there no good dancers left in Los Angeles? And she says, Wagon Wheel Watusi. I was going to say, if there's anything that the movie's worth, it's hearing Cher say, Wagon Wheel Watusi. And that's it. Um, Everything else, I was like, trash. Uh, I, and I, I will say, I finally got to the part where Stanley Tucci is like having his actual gay moment with that like yeah, yeah. cute younger guy. Yeah, he is cute, isn't he? Yeah, he's right and cute. they don't know each other's names. Like, right, right. Yeah. And um, I knew immediately they were like, oh, that hot guy's looking over at you, Christina. And I was like, oh, he absolutely is not. I know yeah. the gay glance when I see it's it. It's Daddy Tucci. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I, 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 don't, I, I don't love burlesque, but just for the sake of argument, because you hate it so uh -huh. much, I love burlesque. Uh -huh. um, but uh, there's one movie that you must have seen okay. that is the worst of the worst. Okay. Tea with Mussolini. I did watch that. I did see that. Yeah. So, Tea with Mussolini is a film that comes out in the late 90s. It's it like is 98. Yeah. And uh, it is directed by Franco Zeffirelli, and it is loosely based on his childhood yeah. in Italy, um, where it's a, a young boy whose mother dies, and he's sort of taken in by the upper crust British people that are living in Italy. Mm -hmm. And uh, But unbeknownst to him, his entire life is being funded essentially by this eccentric, rich American uh, who is played by Cher. Right. Um, and, uh, and it's... I mean, that's really all you need to know. Eventually, you know, Mussolini cracks down, becomes more fascist because he's fucking fascist. Right, right, right. Um, and he like locks the British people up, and that once the Brit Britons, uh, once the British enter World War II, um, when America enters World War II, he then starts going after the Americans, um, and Cher being one of them, and just everything about this movie is bad. Cher is playing like a socialite, um, and I she just wants a Picasso. Yeah, she's and like. He apparently begged her to be in this movie. He was like, I wrote this role and I don't think anybody else can play it but you, Cher. Um, and she is not interested in being in this film. She is like the the baseline. 
there is a scene and this is you're gonna as an audience i think you're gonna think it's unfair that i'm including this audio clip because you can actually hear it (laughs) but there's a scene that rivals the flower shop scene in the room where she's asked wow yeah where she's asked about like she's asking about what's going to happen to the to the british ladies it's one of those things where you know there had to be multiple takes Mm -hmm. and this was the best one and they and they they She's talking to someone, and it's literally, you can hear they're not even talking to each other. She steps on his line at one point, and it's it's just really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. With them! With them! What's going on here? The English get bored with Florence, now they're all heading back for the excitement of Bournemouth? Uh, it's the war. Italy's not in the war. Not yet. Il Duce is waiting back to winner. Signora, documenti, per favore. I'm not leaving, I'm just arriving. La prego, i documenti. I'm... I'm American. Americana, mi scusi. And what about Lady Hester and the others? No, they refuse to budge. They still think Mussolini's going to look after them. Thank God. What would Florence be without the Scorpioni? Let's hope the Florentines think this way. It was lovely to see you. Goodbye. And it makes me sad because there's so much talent in that film. The yeah. film also contains Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, Joan Plowright, Lily Tomlin yeah. playing gay, yep. which she like never gets to do. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just it's 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 like garbage, like looking back wistfully. And I think the other main damage point for the film is it's almost like Franco Zeffirelli was like, yeah, we've had a lot of films about how bad World War II was. But what about how bad it was for the rich people? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. It's like... Fair. No. Fair. Like, no, you asshole. I... Well, so so I watched this movie, and um, I will say, it's, is this not her first movie where she's actually singing? It is movie? actually her first movie where she sang until burlesque. Yeah. Um, um, and I did think it was kind of interesting and funny that, like, the role... like. Essentially, Maggie Smith is like, oh, what a garish American. Right. Um, and I thought that was kind of funny. Um, well, Maggie Smith's fine in the movie. Yeah. Like, everybody else is fine. Yeah. Lily Tomlin's great in the movie, in fact. And there's scenes she shares with Cher, 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 um, where I'm just like, why doesn't Lily Tomlin just tell her friend to, like, suck it up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would, act. <laughs> I would definitely watch a sh- like, if... If Cher, like, wanted, like, a quick guest arc on Grace and Frankie, yeah, I would yeah, love. Yeah. I would live. Yeah. Um, now that you're saying it, like, oh, how are the rich people, though? Like, yeah, is yeah, um, exactly. true. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else that we didn't really like? I mean, I think that's mostly, uh, be perfectly honest, I think because she's had, what, an 18 film career. Right. Um, I don't think she, ra- I think she rarely pulls a bad performance. I mentioned Chastity and Good Times up front. Um Everything yeah. else, uh, she actually seems like she's engaged. Or even if she's not, like, right. she's such a fucking star. It doesn't matter. I, I will say, I it took me forever to find it. Uh, it took me the entire two weeks to find it. And I finally got my hands on a copy of it. She's in this Paul Mazursky's last film, um, which is this 1996 very small film called Faithful. And mm. it's her and Ryan O'Neill and it's... Chaz Palminteri and it's based on a play he wrote and it's really bad and you can tell it's based on a play like it feels like there should be laughter from an audience and <laughs> it doesn't really work out she's a she's a, a a wife of a rich man played by Ryan O'Neill who he's hired Chaz Palminteri to kill her um, but she's good in it it's just a slog of a movie right I'm a housewife Jack is that the worst I could be oh listen no you listen to me okay Mr. Success 
When my father died and left me the business, it was my idea to sell the house and buy more trucks. Don't you throw that up in my face. And another thing. When we got married, Jack, we had nothing. Where was my parachute then? The business is in trouble because of your ego. You're overextended and you know it, Jack, okay? Those cars, this house. Look at the size of this house, Jack. There's only two of us. We didn't need it. She'll give a performance, I think, if she's engaged. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the lesson here is, like, when she wants to work, she'll go to work. Yeah. And when she's like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that would bring us to our five-star reviews. Do you want to go first? I would love to go first, because I'm curious as to what you're going to pick. But I have to say, uh, I think... I agree with Cher. As much as I I would be lying if I didn't say like Moonstruck is is amazing and Moonstruck deserves every positive thing said about it. Right. She deserves the Academy Award for it. But Mask. Mask really? is really her glory, like her shining glorious moment. Um as you mentioned before, she plays Rocky Dennis's mother. Um she's a drug addict, uh, and she has this son she clearly loves and probably shouldn't be taken care of Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean the movie is mostly about him and him going through uh his life with this deformity and trying to just be a quote-unquote normal person yeah teenage Um, kid teenage kid exactly um but while all that's happening you have this wonderful side story about this mother who's like gives everything she can to the son, but is emotionally unavailable due to her drug addiction and is also re-falling in love with this, with Sam Elliott, who's like so handsome and fucking charming. And yeah, exactly. It just like, he shows up at a party with the free mustache rides t-shirt and I've never once in my life been like, oh, that's charming. But on him, I was like, uh, I would kiss you, Sam Elliott. Right, right. right. <laughs> I would, and like for sweet nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to ride a motorcycle with you. What am I? I'm feeling warm. And um, what is this feeling? <laughs> it's a real story. Rocky Dennis actually dies. So when you get to that point in the movie, because he dies really young, uh, and it's very sudden. Her reaction is really great. It's not over the top. Mm-hmm. Like she just fucking destroys her kitchen, her yeah. dining room. Yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking. And I don't know. Their relationship feels really real. And there's, uh, uh, I don't even know how to put it in words. There's like a bond between them uh, that genuinely makes you believe that she cares about him. Also, she slaps him in the face as she is wont to do yeah. to everyone else in the movie. As she really is. Yeah, every movie. Just slaps him. I hate you going out all the time and coming home wasted out of it's your mind. It's none of your goddamn business. You're my mother. Yeah, well, you're not my warden. Man, I can't hack this. You're always watching me, trying to tell me how to live my life. I never tell you how to live oh, the your fuck life, you Mom. Don't? Hey, what's this? Huh? What do you call these? I found these all over the house. Man, they were planted everywhere, but it was like goddamn Christmas stocking. I don't want you taking drugs. How could you do that? I hate you. All you care about are these stupid cards. All you care about is getting loaded and laid. Yeah, I, re- I really love Mask, and I, I just really think... I watched it as a kid. Um, I hadn't seen it since, and then I watched it... Like, one of the first things I watched and was just like, this movie's so fucking good. I had only known of Mask through, like, pop culture and making fun of it. Yeah. Essentially, you know? Um, and so I was really interested to watch it, and I was super, like, interested that, like, they kept this, like... I mean, a lot of their family... 
dynamic comes through this motorcycle gang that they're yeah you know, that that and that's such an interesting thing and so yeah. you don't see that like it's this motorcycle game is gang is presented and it's a little some of it's a little schmaltzy but like presented as this like extended family, family yeah. they take really, care of each other yeah and they're like not only like motorcycle gang like quote-unquote like roughnecks but like right. you know there's one guy who's like basically mute doesn't talk and is also an outsider the same way that rocky is yeah um rocky has a really charming like interest in like baseball cards and he just wants to get away also a very young uh laura dern laura dern as his girlfriend who's blind and like he teaches her color at one point by cold rocks and hot rocks and yeah he's like yeah, he's, cotton for clouds yeah. and billowy billowy yeah oh yeah i love this movie i really do love this movie. it's very cheesy but it's very but, good but i think i but i feel like it's like purposeful cheese like mm. and then i mean low fat cheese yeah low fat cheese mm-hmm. exactly um non-dairy <laughs> um coconut flakes um but anyways <laughs> do you know what cheese is i don't i really don't clearly um, but I, I really like Peter Bogdanovich. I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, he's probably a real asshole in real life. I think Cher had mentioned she's like, the, she liked him, but like, it was, it, it didn't matter that much in the end. Like, right, the right. Yeah, fine. they were, they were fine. They, yeah. And, they, and I really do think, like, I, like we mentioned before, I think Cher thought she was going to win a Best Actress. Yeah. Or, and I think she t- deserved it. And she didn't even get nominated, so I... Very interesting, unexpected pick, Gavin. I didn't think I didn't think you would be expecting that one. Yeah. No, I mean, and it, that's not why I picked it. I genuinely think that's her best performance. Uh, like you can't like really pick anything like from the eighties. Like that, that would be wrong, you know. Like I think Moonstruck would be of like obviously right a correct choice. Right, the Witches of Eastwick would be correct. Yeah, yeah. My pick, and it, it surprised myself even. I'm choosing come back to the five and dime, Jim and Dean, Jim and Dean. I love you, Louis. That's I, amazing. It, it, it surprised me in the same way that, um, what did we choose for Whoopi Goldberg? Uh, uh, Boys on the Side. Boys on the Side. It surprised me in that same way. It's a true gem of a movie that was made like a million years ahead of its time. Yeah. Robert Altman was truly a genius. It's, and it, it truly does feel like a, a play on the, on the big screen it's all in one setting yeah you know they're all at the five and dime um and just like the the skill that he had to use like they, there's a lot of flashback in the movie yeah and using mirrors yeah they just use two-way mirrors and there's a duplicate set behind the set yeah and i was like i was like wait what am i what am i watching like this yeah. is it, it truly is just you know uh and also the cast is all women right um there is a trans character who uh in the the 50s or whatever um before she has transitioned but that that is the only time you see a male actor yeah. in the entire movie you know what i met him last year at flamecon really? yeah because he's also in nightmare on Elm street too i was I with you my, at flamecon yeah i got a picture with him i was literally right there with yeah. you yeah and i didn't care because i didn't know yeah you didn't know did you fuck anyways he played that character before transitioning yeah because karen black plays karen black plays yeah that character um so come back to the five and dime jimmy dean jimmy dean um the play was in in 1976 um the movie came out in 1982 um and it is such a small little movie um full of like characters that are just like bursting with life yeah um the play the, the the movie takes place inside um a Woolworth's five and dime in a small Texas town. 
It's where an all-female fan club for James Dean, um, they reunite in 1975, and through flashbacks, they're looking back to 1955. And there's six members of this um, group, including um, Kathy Bates, uh, Cher. Um, does Cher work at that Five and Dime, though? She might work at that Five and Dime. I think she does, yeah. Um, and it's just... First of all, you see, like... Share before you know she has her little crooked teeth looking so cute um she her southern accent flawless yeah like i fucking believe it jimmy dean filmed giant and marfa which is nearby and one of the ladies that works at the fine and dime she keeps telling the story how she went um to the, sh- the shooting while they were shooting and she was in um this mo- in the movie giant and she had an affair with james dean and had the son um jimmy dean um, and you get the sense as the movie goes on that she is batshit crazy. Right. And she, she's so good too, by the way. And but. she's a liar, Dina. <laughs> she keeps like just yelling out like, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. And slow as more and more of the women arrive for the reunion, just kind of like secrets start falling out from all their relationships, the way that they're living. Um, it's, is so engaging and so good. Cher's performance is revolving around how um, her, is it her husband or her lover or boyfriend has left her and um, and it is revealed it's because she had a bout of breast cancer. Yeah. And she had to get um, her breast, breasts removed. I was um, scared to death to tell anybody, especially Lester T., he loved them so much. Uh, every night he would um, come home and fall asleep with his head on him. That's silly. And he was a wonderful lover, though, you know. Every night, two or three times, we'd make love. Then after the operation, kind of dwindled down. Of course, I was prepared for that. You know, I used to cry all the time because I knew. I knew that um, one day he wouldn't love me no more. And then, of course, that day came and he left. There's a lot of great flashbacks to them hanging out together and Juanita um, being very not nice yeah. to um Joanne before she transitions and saying she can't hang out with him because he's not living a Christian life. Right. Um, and there's a lot of just like he gets um, beaten and um, also I, I want to say raped. Yeah. And there and there's an implication and obviously like this is a play from the 80s and I, 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 I love the movie. I don't think the source material of the movie... I think the movie is better than its actual source material. Mm. I think the implication in the play is almost that she transitioned only to be more comfortable in society that wouldn't accept her as a, as a feminine man. gay man. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and, like, that's, like, a bad precedent to set. But, once again, you have to understand, early 80s... It's just a really good beautiful gem of a movie that was surprising i was like you know i'm so happy you liked it i love i mean robert altman's one of my favorite filmmakers yeah ever, and, so. and it's a really special movie i think um and just different you know like of yeah. course moonstruck is like the greatest romantic comedy of our like yeah. lifetimes um 
I what else um the witches of eastwick like yeah i was gonna say before before we move into our fast forward uh do you want to talk just real quick about some of the i mean moonstruck yeah clearly like moonstruck she deserves everything like i i don't know what would we add right by I, saying you know i had never seen the movie I, like i said i've yeah. never seen any of these movies and but i knew the snap out of it i knew that line right seeing it within the context of the movie is so satisfying yeah and also, like, the rest of that scene, him carrying her to bed, and she's yeah. like, take your anger out on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's, like, and not only did she slap him once, she slaps him twice. Right. You know, you got them bad eyes like a gypsy, and I don't know why I didn't see it yesterday. Bad luck. That's it. Is that all I'm ever going to have? Oh, I should have taken a rock and killed myself years ago. I'm going to marry him. Do you hear me? Last night never happened, and I'm going to marry him, and you and I are going to take this to our coffin. I can't do that. Why not? I'm in love with you. Snap out of it! If you've not seen Moonstruck, just see Moonstruck. I don't even want to tell you about it. It's about Italians. That's yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Witches of Eastwick is so much fun and so weird and so different than yeah. other things that were being made in Hollywood in the 80s. I mean, George Miller directed that, who did Mad Max and most yeah. recently Mad Max Fury Road. And so like it has this very like non-Hollywood aesthetic to it. The iconic scene of her dragging um uh, Jack Nicholson. Well, you know, I have to admit that I appreciate your directness, Daryl, and I will try and be as direct and honest with you as I possibly can be. Uh, I think, no, I, I am positive that you are the most unattractive man I have ever met in my entire life. You know, in the short time we've been together, you have demonstrated every loathsome characteristic of the male personality and even discovered a few new ones. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, you're morally reprehensible, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. Um, do you like to be on the top or the bottom? Goodbye, Daryl, and thank you for a lovely lunch. We didn't even really talk about Mermaids. Mermaids is a is a movie I saw as a kid and loved. I saw it, reappraised it. I still think it's. I still don't think there's it could be anything bad to really say about it in my head. I don't think it's the most amazing film. I think the best scene in that entire movie though is when her and Winona Ryder have the big like oh the blowout. Yeah, yeah I mean essentially you know the younger. Uh, Christina Ricci's character, she has had, you know, look at this mishap, this like scary right. moment where she almost drowns and um, Cher just like fucking hurricanes through the house yeah. and is like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, I'm so upset with you. Right. And Winona Ryder's character has been, been like essentially aching to have this relationship with her mom. And right. Please don't make us move again. I am sick and tired of being judged by you. You're a kid. Okay, when you become an adult, you can live your life any way you want to. But until then, we're going to live my life my way. Start packing. No! I said back! This move is on you, and if Loverboy doesn't like it, that's too goddamn bad. No, this is not about him. This is about me, okay? That's over. He is gone. He is left. Surprise, gone. surprise. No, it's not like that. Look, maybe your life works for you, but it doesn't work for me, and I want to stay. And do what? Finish high school. Great start. What's your major, town tramp? No, Mom, the town already has one. And you know what happens? Cher slaps her. Cher fucking slaps her. <laughs> um, the yeah. hallmark of a good Cher movie. Um... 
but yeah, the no, that's really great. And I, I there's an Oprah interview uh, with probably one of the best interviews of their entire career. Oprah and a very nervous Winona Ryder who's never been in front of a live studio audience before. Oh. Um, like, as Oprah asked Cher about, because she talks about how it's that role is really, Mrs. Flack's really based on her mom. Um, and uh, she's like, well, did you ever say those things to her that Winona says to your character? And she's like, no, but I wish I had. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just real quick before we move to our fast forward, should we do our mixed reviews review? Yeah, we... yeah, yeah. So my one star review was 1999's Tea with Mussolini. Mine was 2006's Burlesque. And my five star review was 1985's Mask. Mine was 1982's Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jim and Dane, Jim and Dane. Excellent. And uh, now for the future of Share. So, I mean, she's kind of doing whatever the fuck she wants, like, right. as as sharers want to do. As sharers are want to do. Um, she's going to be doing a tour in Australia and New Zealand yep. called the Here We Go Again Tour. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And uh, also, oh, she has a movie out. Duh, yeah. That's why we're doing this. Well, I didn't get to go see it because homophobia exists. Um, but you gotta go see it. I did get to go see it. Tell me your thoughts, your dreams, your everything. Um, I, I liked it, surprisingly. It's, uh, not as good as the first movie, and I think part of that is, uh, the first Really? Yeah, huh. I know. Shocking. No, I mean, uh, just, I feel like every review, reviewer that I've seen has been like, this is better than the first one. It's in, well, I, I think maybe they're looking for something different, because one of the things I like about the first movie is Felita Lloyd, who directed it, was her first film. Mm. She directed the stage show. She's primarily um, a theater director. And it felt like the world's most expensive first movie. <laughs> like, she was really going out there. And because of that, it doesn't feel like a film. Like, there's, like, a lot of Looney Tunes moments. Yeah. A lot of things that... And it's not stagey. I don't want to say that it's, like, you know, looks like a film's play. But there's a lot of things that you just never see. There's a lot of snap zooms out of nowhere. And just chorus members just appearing out of... And it's very weird. And, like... Like I said, it's, there's an elasticity to it that you don't get. And this one was directed by Ole Parker, who has written and directed films before, and it felt more like a movie. And, like, I feel like that's to his detriment, because in a way, that's almost a little less fun. Hmm. Um, it's very much going for that Godfather 2 vibe. I know that sounds insane, but it's true. Cool. Um, where flashbacks in, uh, inform the, the present, and the present informs the flashbacks. Um, and the songs are a lot of fun. And, yeah, it's a little sadder. I don't want to say why. I'm sure you've had it spoiled for you by now. But it's definitely a little sadder. I teared up at the end. Oh, my God, uh, Gavin. But I will say this. Cher is in it. And you have seen all of her scenes in the trailers. Oh, good. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, wow. she is in it that much. I've decided to commit to being a grandmother. <sighs> 25 years too late. I say we move past that. You know, so if being a grudge holder makes you fat, so let's just concentrate on the here and now and me stepping up to becoming a good grandmother. A great grandmother. Thank you. No, he's saying that, wait, how do you know? Sky? I didn't say anything. We agreed. So? I only told Sam because he's my stepfather and also one-third of my real father. I just told Bill. He's my best friend. And I told Harry. He's father number three. I told many, many people. The only thing that you don't see is the entire length of the song Fernando. 
Does That's she it. sing two songs or one song? Well, she sings Fernando, and then they have that credit moment, like in the first movie, where Which, everyone comes out. Everybody comes out and does, and they they reprise Super Trooper from the first movie. So she starts off Super Trooper, and then everybody else joins her. And, wow. Yeah. She. And she's truly not, a star. She did not have the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's funny because we talked about this during the James Fonda episode when we talked about Book Club and how everything was like super soft lit and everything. Right, right, right. But Cher's face doesn't contain any wrinkles because it's no longer made of skin. Right, right. And so, like, they don't really have to do that in this movie. Yeah. And she, I think that's an interesting thing. She's 72 years old. She is 72 years old. And honestly, if I was And Cher, she's not a day over 40. And her face is not a day over 17. Mm. Or at least the pieces that are <laughs> making up. I just feel like if I was Cher and I was 72... I would be sitting at home calling C-SPAN every day. Every day, yeah. I was like, I don't have to be, like, what are, you right. know? I would literally be sending Chad Michaels to do work for me. <laughs> I don't know what, what, like, what else in her bag of tricks. I don't know. Well, she doesn't have to do anything. Like, that's the interesting thing. More so than anybody else we have talked about. Literally, Cher doesn't have to do anything. She has nothing She's, to prove. She is a true icon, whether it be an acting, singing... Like, she, yeah, she's got nothing left to prove. She does have another movie on her, like, on her docket. Um, it's a movie called Artist in Residence. She's the only person attached to it so far. Hmm. Um, and the plot description is, The son of a real estate mogul is sent to buy out the last remaining resident of an iconic New York building, which proves to be more trouble than he bargained for, when the tenant turns out to be an eccentric woman with nothing to lose. So, so it Ring could, a bell? Yeah, exactly. So it could be, like a really fun return to comedies for her. I would like, um, I guess I think she's so fucking funny. Yeah. But also, I mean, uh, gosh, she can do it all because we didn't talk enough, honestly, about Silkwood. Um, no, we didn't. And she's really great in Silkwood, but I feel like Silkwood is a, is a conversation we would have to have more for Meryl Streep. Like true. When, I mean, I will say her playing lesbian in Silkwood yeah. and like, not doing any like crazy stereotypes. I mean, it was yeah. She ugh, there's that scene when she tells Meryl that she loves her. I love you too. I love you too. I don't mean I love you too. Oh no, that's not what you mean. That's what I mean. It's so fucking like sad and heartbreaking. Ugh. Um, all that to say, she can do literally anything. Um, which also reminds me, so she has the EGO of the EGOT. Right. Um, and the Share Show, which is a Broadway um jukebox musical about which comes out Share. it's played Chicago. Yeah. Comes out in December. Yeah, uh, on Broadway. Um so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and maybe she'll end up with a Tony cuz I think she's producing it. She is producing right. it. Yeah. yeah. So it, and and the cool thing what sounds like the cool thing about that is um the main character's not called Cher in it, but it is about Cher's life. Mm. Um and there's three different actresses portraying Cher at different points in her life. Huh. Yeah. I didn't so. know that. Um so, I, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. go. We'll, we'll hold hands the right. entire time. <laughs> and, so, and cry. And cry. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, this is just like Mamma Mia too. <laughs> and, and you'll be like, stop it. Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just like, uh, I think it's funny when she sends up herself. Yes. I think it's, you know, sh- when she leans into her like legacy and icon status, it's just like so fucking good. Um, like I said, I would love to see her hanging out with Jane Fonda yeah. and Lily Tomlin and just like still... Um, creating stuff for themselves and being silly and 
you know. God, could you imagine if Cher, like, Book Club 2, and then Cher is also in it? Yeah. Ugh. I, I, I don't even want to think about this, but, like, Cher will die someday, and I think it's going to be, a, like, just a really dark day oh, in reality. absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, and when she does, it will be too soon. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, Truly. Because she, I mean, I didn't mention this, she's, like, the only artist who's had a top ten single in, like, the four decades. Yeah, for all, all of the decades, from 1960 to, yeah. to, to the 2010s. Yeah. She's had a top ten single. It's really, I mean, I it's, it's an like, achievement. True. I mean, yeah, it's not only like this fuck, you know, not only to be around, like yeah. there are a lot of musicians and like performers who are around, but like to be around and successful right. and working, come on. Someone is going to be angry because we didn't bring up the episode of the X-Files Modern Day Prometheus. So I'm just saying it now mm. just to get it over out of there. Fucking She's not actually in the episode. So she was too busy. Doing Will and Grace. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so that wraps up Cher. She is an icon. And, yeah. Uh, she's the goddess of pop. I am so happy you suggested her. Oh, good. I'm happy I... you are happy. Because I was, I really, you first, I felt like you were like really hesitant. And I was like, aren't you gay? Like... I am very gay. And I'm only gayer and stronger now. <laughs> um, truly, guys, if you have been like resisting or like don't feel like you had a reason to watch any of these iconic 80s movies that she's in, like this may yeah. this be the uh launching pad for you to like i mean just watch moonstruck if like yeah. you're like fine i'll do one do yeah. moonstruck and then let that inspire you to watch mermaids and the witches of eastwick holy yeah. shit like uh the mask yeah and come back to the five dime jimmy dean jimmy dean please um, come back to the mixed reviews. Yes. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. And uh, if you want to contact us, you can find us online on Twitter. We're at the mixed reviews. We're on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. Uh, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. You can download. You're going back into like the, <laughs> the, the radio voice. Don't, don't acknowledge it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can download us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartMedia Podcast, whatever. Yeah. Spotify. Uh, Spotify. We're, we're everywhere. And if you listen to us on Stitcher or iTunes, uh, please rate and review us. It helps other people find us. And then we'll become their best friends. Mm. And you'll be their best friends through Proxy. Yeah. And we're all really good friends. I love Proxy best friends. Oh, me too. <laughs> Just using me. I, I really am. <laughs> I really am. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another brand new star or subject. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We should have like fruity cocktails or something. I should have brought something over. I was literally gonna try and make like a wine slushie, but then I realized I just had like frozen bananas and wine. And I was like, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> and I don't, wait. I mean, I have Gatorade and vodka.